Awesome. Morena, everybody. It's so good to be here. Um, yeah, we, we've, um, I guess, swapped the pastor's hat for missionary's hat, which is different, um, but we're, it's great. I think we were here six months or so ago, so uh, we're visiting again, but um, it's awesome to be here to see some um, familiar faces and some new ones, which is really special. And I'll just get Caroline to say hi too. She's going to do the majority of the work uh, this morning. Um, we're going to do a bit of a tag team. Uh, so we had this prophetic word in the morning about each of us carrying one side of a wheelbarrow. So we're going to attempt that uh, today. But anyway, do you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> so good to be back with you all. As Wes said, it's been about six months since we were both here. And it just feels good. feels like part of me has come home. <laughs> yes, Kim, home. And it's great to see a lot of new people too, and it's just so, so good. Hey, I've got a few words. Do you mind if I share these words that I got through worship this morning? I always try to lean into the Holy Spirit as much as possible and go with the flow. <laughs> He's teaching me a lot just to go with the flow. So this morning, I just, you know, that new wine thing, it, it's, it's strong. It's strong in this house. And I believe, you know, they can, you can hear all the negative stuff out there in the world today. But in the kingdom, it's astronomically advancing. And I want to encourage you this morning that God is wanting to pour out fresh and new wine into dry and dark places and into the saints of his people. So I want to just let you just grasp onto that this morning. I just wanted to reiterate that. <laughs> If you are under the age of 30 this morning, or if you have a child under the age of 30 this morning, this is the next wave of the church. If you are under the age of 30, I want you to listen up. <laughs> God has got your number. God is calling you out from where you are at and placing your feet upon a rock because you are going to be the next wave of what this generation needs to see. You're going to be the next wave of the church. The church needs a new wave, amen? So these young ones, if you've got a son or a daughter who is 30 or under, they are the church. They are what God is going to establish his next church on. And if you are under 30, that is you. There is no denying it. There is no running from it. There is no hiding from it. God has got your number. So just <laughs> watch out. <laughs> watch out, church. They've, they've got it. And uh, this young lady here, I don't know who you are, what your name is. Georgia. Georgia. There's this fire upon you that God is releasing a, the anointing of healing in your life. Not just for you, but for others. There's, there's something in your hands. I can see flames that are going to come out from you. And you're going to have a healing ministry to heal others that have been broken, those who are hurting, those who have sickness in their bodies. God is releasing the gift of healing on your life this morning. I bless you. Um, couple more, can we do what, two more? Couple more, couple more. <laughs> um, Edward and Deb, is it? Uh, this, Heidi Wilhelmina, your legacy, this is your, your children and your children's children and your children's children. God has got legacy on your family. 
there is a great legacy that's being established for the kingdom, and God is going to use all your family to see the kingdom advance. He's going to use you as an example of what it's like to live a good, godly family whānau unit. Husband and wife, children and grandchildren, there's legacy on your family. And this Heidi Wilhelmina, she's got great destiny on her life. And your children, the, the generation before that, they're all called and set apart for him. Amen. What else have I got written down here? There's something opening up about family and whānau. Now, there's something opening up for family. Families. Families coming into this house. Families outside of this house. You know, you've got to remember that Jesus sent the disciples into the highways and byways preaching the good news. This couple here, I didn't have anything written down for you, but there's something on your life. You're not here this morning by any mistake, by any means. God has got something significant for you both. You're young, but God's got something big and magnificent. You both have the stirring in your hearts for something more, and God's going to start unfolding that for you, and he's going to show you bit by bit. He's not going to show you the whole picture run the other way, <laughs> because it's big, it's massive. So just keep pressing into him because he's, he's calling you to do something in the nation, in the nations. So just, yeah, hold on to that. Oh, I'm going to stop there. Wow, you're really good at this. Hey, just um, on the topic of family, I don't know if you guys remember Paul and Monica, they were a Malaysian couple who were here year, I think, ago. They were, they were with us when we were in Tahunanui, uh, and Paul and I keep in touch with each other because he is a supporter of Manchester United, and I'm not, and so I just keep badgering him. Uh, but anyway, he asked me to, to pass on a message to you. I, hope, I have a photo of Paul and Monica, so some of you will probably remember them, um, but uh, so I'm going to read this to you. He, I, I promised that I would do this. So uh, it, it says this, Hi, Aspire Fano. I don't know if you remember us, but we remember you. This is Paul and Monica. After leaving Nelson, we got married on the 12th of December, 2021 in Queenstown. We were the Malaysian couple who lived in Nelson for one year. By the time you hear this short message, we would have been back home in Malaysia. We just want to say thank you for the, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for welcome, welcoming us into your lives and homes, even for that short period. Before we stepped into Aspire for the first time, we visited other churches in Nelson looking for one to call home. Somehow, Aspire was the one. We immediately felt at home. We felt warm. We were always greeted with a smile. Thank you for the many God encounters. Thank you for the words of encouragement, for the constant reminder to trust in God and in His Word. Physically, Aspire seems like a small church, but we beg to differ and would argue that the opposite is true. You are a big church, a church with a big and warm heart. We will never forget your acts of kindness, generosity, and hospitality. Also, let's not forget the awesome food and fellowship we got to share with your folk. There's more. It's cool, though, eh? Now, thank you, uh, Jan and Alex, for encouraging and praying with us. David, for always being so caring and asking us on our job status. Georgina, for the amazing painting with words of encouragement and taking that back to Malaysia. Lynn and Katrina, for opening up their home and helping me find a job. Mark, that's Mark McKenzie always saying hi with a smile, Wes uh, and the boys 
for the uh, me and Matt uh, for the few games of soccer uh, uh, that we had. The list goes on and on. If I didn't mention your name, it's because I really suck with names. Uh, however, your acts of kindness have never once slipped our minds. In closing, Paul says, don't stop doing what you are doing. Somewhere down the road, there may be another Paul and Monica visiting Nelson and looking for a church. You can bet that I wish they come across one of you and call Aspire home. We pray that the Lord bless all of you and reward you for your acts of kindness toward us. Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's a, almost emotional reading that. So if you're a part of their lives for that short bit of time, uh, pat yourself on the back, I guess. So, uh, we're going to jump into the Word in just a moment. And as I said, I'm going to tag out and get Caroline just to share uh, from some of them. And I'm going to jump back in and share a little bit what's, about what's been going on in our lives over the last 12 months, um, uh, as Alice said, and I'm sure it's been communicated, I work for what I believe is one of the most exciting local mission organisations in the country, that's Sports Chaplaincy New Zealand, and uh, we place our wellbeing support and pastoral care into sporting clubs all around the nation. Um, if you're interested to know a little bit more about that, and I will share some stories later on, but out on the foyer, there's a desk with some info on it. And there's a, a newsletter that I email out to just prayer partners and those who just want to know a little bit more about what we're up to. Uh, there is a clipboard. You can write down your email address and you get put on that. It goes out about uh, four times a year, so I'm not going to bombard you with emails. But it's just one way to, uh, to, stay, to stay in touch. And there is some info, too, about uh, sports chaplaincy. There's always uh, opportunities opening up. Um, I am now personally involved in chaplaincy with a, another basketball team, and some of you will be horrified uh, to know this. It's the Wellington Saints, who uh, are actually ahead of the Nelson Giants on the table, so take that! Um, but it's been a, an awesome uh, privilege just to be in that space and be able to speak into those men uh, around uh, well-being, around resilience, around all sorts of different things. Um, it's pretty cool. We had a great win last night. I was here, couldn't be with them, uh, but it's good to be uh, involved with that. So, I want to jump into the Word. Um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit distracting. If, if you've got a Bible, and it will come up on the screens, but uh, if you want to turn to uh, the book of Acts, and uh, what we understand is you guys have been on somewhat of a series or a theme of messages. You've been going through the book of Acts, so we're at, we're at uh, Alice said, could you please speak out of Acts 14 or 15, find something in there, and we've been going on this for, for a wee while, uh, a wee while now, and uh, we, we took that seriously, and we began to just read over those two chapters, and both of us found a, a passage of scripture that really jumped out uh, at us, it's in Acts 14, I'll leave someone else another time to do Acts 15, um, but it really just... Uh, really just highlighted itself to us. And again, Caroline's going to spend a bit more time on this. I just want to read it out and, and uh, get you ready for it. Um, she'll give more of the context, but essentially Paul, the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, have been on a, been away on a, on a missions trip, um, and they're coming back to the church. It says in verse, uh, verse 26 of Acts 14, um, I'm going to read it from 26, and on the screen is verse 27. It says, from Italia, or your Bible may say somewhere else, or another word for that, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. 
On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. We just want to spend some time talking to you about opening doors of faith. And so let me just pray and I'll invite Caroline, Caroline to, come, to come up. So Jesus, we, we thank you for your presence right here, right now. Thank you for, uh, God, this delightful service and these incredible people. And Lord, I'm so encouraged and uh, filled with so much hope about what you're doing and how you're moving today amongst your people in your church. God, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, you've not just, uh, you're not just inside of us for our own sake, but you're upon us for the sake of others. I thank you for the gift of the book of Acts that that models for us what it looks like uh, to be someone with, uh, alive with the Spirit of God upon them, out on mission, um, spreading the great kingdom of God. I pray today you bless these words. God, come and challenge us where we need to be challenged. Stir us where we need to be stirred uh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whenever you're preaching, whenever we talked about this, Amen. Amen. Who's ready to get into this this morning? I love this theme that you've been on. Life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. And I've felt such an intense presence this morning. I felt God's presence, His Holy Spirit, and He's doing some work here. And I'm so, so delighted. How many of you would agree that we need, we desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives today? We desperately need him. Great news is he wants to be involved in every area of our lives, every single day. And we see, like we said in the book of Acts, it shows us how much we need that empowerment to live our lives and to live out and walk out what he's calling us to. And so if you've got your Bibles open to that chapter in 14, Acts 14, I'm just going to bring some context around that verse. I want to knock the iPad off at the same time. You know, it's the first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas. It's the second half of their first, very first missionary journey. And me being... Part of my DNA is missions because I was on the mission field as a kid. Some of you may know that, may not. So a big part of me is all about getting out there and it's in my DNA. So this passage about Paul and Barnabas going out and preaching the good news is, is part of who I am, wanting to release people to go and do that very thing, get out there and go and spread God's goodness. Amen? So... <clears throat> Let's get into this. In verse 1 of Acts 14, here are Paul and Barnabas. They're in the synagogue and they're, they're speaking. They're speaking with boldness. And, 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 you know, that's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But as they speak, both the Jews and the Gentiles were coming to believe in Jesus Christ. This is Caroline's improvised version, by the way. <laughs> so... Um, 
the Gentiles being every other non-Jewish person of the day, you know, they, they were all hearing the word and becoming believers in Christ, which is so exciting to me. Who, who has had that experience of leading someone to the Lord or having that experience of their neighbor, just seeing God's goodness in you because we are Christ's hands and feet, amen? Anyway, let's get on to this. So they're, they're preaching with boldness and speaking freely because they've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. But opposition arose against them, and when they became aware of the situation, they escaped. <laughs> they took off to the next, the next town, Lystra, I think it's called, and in verse 7, they continued to preach the gospel. They continued to spread the good news, and it was there that a lame man was healed. Signs and wonders and miracles were happening. It was there that they were mistaken for gods, <laughs> because these miracles were happening these, the, the town thought they were gods, you know, and it was here that they were asked, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And they said, we want to spread the good news. We want to spread the good news of the kingdom. But then more opposition arose. More opposition arose. And it turned out that Paul gets stoned and dragged outside the city and left for dead. But the disciples gather around him. And I'll answer your question later, mate, okay? I, I just want to wrap this pa passage of Scripture up. So, um, yeah. So the disciples gather around him, and he gets up, and he goes with Barnabas to Derby, where they continue to preach the gospel. How many of you know when you step out in God and you're doing something for the kingdom, opposition arises. I want to encourage you to keep getting up and keep going and keep pressing in because there's always signs, wonders, and miracles that follow. There's always salvations that take place. And so after that, they go back through the towns that they'd ministered in, and they strengthened and encouraged the disciples. They went and appointed elders in the churches that had been established over that time. And at the end of this journey, they sailed back to Antioch where they began to bring back a report of what had happened. And here, as Wizard said in verse 27, this verse really, really just took, took hold of us and, and spoke volumes. It said, arriving there at Antioch, Paul and Barnabas gathered the church together and declared all that God had accomplished with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Paul was aware that a door had been opened and it had given access for him to preach the gospel freely. So my message this morning is called A Door of Faith. A Door of Faith. Many of you know that over the years, Wes and I have owned a few houses, <laughs> just a few. Some we've built, some we've renoed, but every house to me, the door was significant. Every house, the door had to be bright and beautiful or calm and inviting. It, even the door handle was important to me. <laughs> um, and so these doors 
the door to our house was an invitation into our home, into our family, into our way of life. And many of you have all been through one of our doors. <laughs> but it was also a way in which we went out, right? Out into the community, out to, to get on with our days, out to do whatever we wanted to do. And I also realised this morning that this church, the church also has doors. This church has doors that we come in every Sunday to worship God, to hear from the word. It's where we welcome people in. It's where people find faith and a faith community to be part of. And over the last 12 months, I've just been, I've been super encouraged, super, super encouraged about the doors that have been opening up. There are doors opening up. <laughs> there are opportunities that are opening up for the church. And, and we may think, oh, no, the, the, the world's dark out there. But the world needs Jesus Christ. Amen? They need the presence of God in their lives. They need Jesus to transform them so that none would perish. Amen? And amen. <laughs> I know for myself it's been really clear when God has opened a door for me. And I'm sure many of you have experienced the same thing. God is in the business of opening doors. And in John 16, we read before Jesus' death, it says, he tells his disciples that it's profitable for them that he would go away. Because if he didn't, the Holy Spirit wouldn't come. The Holy Spirit wouldn't come if he left them. Then in Acts, because we were in the book of Acts, <laughs> Acts 1-4, again, Jesus tells them to wait for what was promised. And then he goes on to say, don't go and try any big works or any mighty things until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know in Acts, because you've been studying the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost they're all gathered, the disciples are all gathered together in a room and a sound of wind, the sound of wind comes and tongues of fire are on their heads and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in chapter 9 of Acts, it's the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, the great persecutor of the church, becomes one of the church's biggest advocates. And, I mean, if God can do that with Paul, what can he do with us? You know, Paul becomes this one who gets out there preaching the gospel, sharing the good news, and he was getting the Christians slaughtered. Sorry, any children in the room? Um, he was persecuting the church. And yet God used him powerfully. After his great conversion experience, and three days after his turnaround, <laughs> he was filled with the Spirit of God. He was filled with the presence of God. He can use the most unexpected people to, the mo to do the most magnificent things. And that's each and every one of you this morning. God can use you in a mighty powerful way. He is going to use you in a mighty powerful way. 
if you're open to what he's opening up for you. So right here in Acts 14, 27, Paul was aware of this door of faith that had been opened up. Given free access to every person out there that wasn't a Jew. Imagine that. Amazing. The store was a door of faith to the Gentiles. So who knows that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So Paul, in his obedience to his missionary journey, spoke the word of faith, which opened the door. So the door goes both ways, right? The word went out in faith, spoken in faith. The, Jew, the G- Gentiles, get it right, the Gentiles responded in faith and came through the door by faith. This is the door of faith we're talking about this morning. Faith comes by hearing. The message has to go out. There has to be a response when that comes by hearing. People come into the kingdom through the door of faith. God made faith, not circumcision, the grounds for admission into the kingdom. It was no longer exclusive to the Jews. The gospel was there for everyone. That's so good, isn't it? It's there for everyone, not just the the Christian people of the day. (laughs) It's here for everyone. God made faith the way into the kingdom. There are many, many doors right throughout Scripture. And I'm sure many of you have been very aware when God opens a door for you. I've already said that. But I'm really feeling stirred this morning that God's opening up some stuff. And I know that, like Paul the Malaysian said, this is a big church. You're not just a little old church in the center of Nelson, in the center of New Zealand. It's a big church. There's a big heart. There's a big call. There's a big going out. There's a big kingdom assignment right here. John 10, 9. These are the many doors. I'm just going to throw out some rapid-fire scriptures. John 10, 9. Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Matthew 7, 7, knock, and the door will be opened to you. Acts 14, 27, God opened a door of faith. Hosea 2, 15, God opened a door of hope, a door of hope. Colossians 4, 3, God opened a door for the message to go out, the word to be preached, the good news to be going out into the highways and byways. Revelation 3.8 says, Behold, I have placed before you an open door which no one can shut. No one can shut. Church God has opened a door. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9. Paul again, aware that another door had been opened to him. He writes, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me. The word 
great in Greek is mega, which speaks of something massive and big and huge. Are you hearing me this morning? <laughs> I'm getting a little bit excited. And the word door, thera, the Greek, which Paul uses here to, to describe, I need to slow down, a unique opportunity, a unique and massive door of opportunity had opened up. And Paul had total access to the city of Ephesus. He also called the store effectual. And in the Greek, it says it's energies, which is effective and active and powerful. Powerful. A powerful door. A unique, massive door had opened up. An effective, active, powerful door had been opened up to the presence and the power of God to go into the city. Nelson is a city, people. It is a city in the middle of God's land. There is something stirring and brewing under the center of New Zealand. A door is opening up. A door of opportunity to get out into the city, into the highways and byways, with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, don't go out there and do it on your own. You need the empowerment of the great Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? So on the return to Antioch, Paul and Barnabas returning from their first missions journey. How exciting. Coming back to report all the good things that God had done with them. The gospel was preached. Souls were saved. Jews and Gentiles, every person that heard the word coming into the kingdom. Signs and wonders and healings and miracles took place. We need that in the church today. We can do it out on the street. There's many testimonies of Alistair out on the street and teams going out and seeing healings. It is still what God wants for his church today. Churches were being planted. Elders were being appointed and placed in those churches. Disciples were being strengthened and encouraged. If you have an encouraging word with somebody, just do it. Face the fear and do it anyway. It might be wrong, but that's okay. People are big enough to decipher what's right and what's not. The kingdom was advancing, and it is advancing. The kingdom is advancing today. Paul, with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, set out on this mission's journey and did all that he was set out to do with Barnabas. And they preached the gospel. They brought the good news. God gave them free access to all those who needed to hear the word. Faith, and faith alone was the admission to the kingdom. 
Hi, Joe. I can see you now. <laughs> Faith was the only admission into the kingdom. Faith comes by hearing the word. So if you are out there and you're carrying the Holy Spirit in you and you speak life, you are releasing the kingdom. You are releasing the kingdom, Helen. Helen, remind me. Um, so there are many doors, many doors, I get distracted really easily, <laughs> that God opens up. And in coming to a close, because Wes is going to jump up in a minute, there are four things I want to pull out for us this morning that these doors what they give us, what they provide for us. So if you're taking notes, the first one is they give us access to the world and the community. Do you hear that? They give us access to out there. Acts 14, they had access. They give us access. Number two, they provide a way to share the gospel, the good news. It provides you a way to share God's goodness in your sphere, in your workplace, in the marketplace, in whatever it is you're, you're doing. God, there's a door there to share. Mark 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. All. Number three, they are significant in bringing souls into the kingdom. Acts 4, 4. Many who heard the message believed. And number four, they make way for signs, wonders, and miracles. Healings. Healings. So good. Wait for what was promised. Do not do mighty works until you have received that power from on high, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In every season, God gives us opportunities. There are doors of opportunity, doors of faith that are opening up. And today, there's a door of opportunity for the church, this church, to impact the community. Behold. I have placed before you an open door which no one can shut. So my question today, what door has God opened up before you? What door of opportunity has God opened up for you this morning? I'm going to invite Wes back up. And he's just going to share about some doors that have been opening up for him over the last 12 months. That's awesome. Maybe, maybe Lynn, sorry, maybe Lynn and, uh, Lynn and Matt could come and just as a, as the time, time to just sort of close and, and reflect on the invitation from God to help him open doors. Uh, and I feel like in some ways, and I don't want to make this about me at all, but as a way of sharing testimony about doors of faith, I feel like this, this passage we began with 
gathering the church together, Paul and Barnabas, reporting all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. I, um, I felt like I'd been embodying in, in a small way parts of this, this scripture uh, in, in Acts, having been, as you will know, um, someone who's been behind the pulpit all of my life, and then God sends us into a religious community and away from the, the church walls. And it's new for me, not new for you guys, um, but it has been for me, and that I've began to see that the doors of faith opening up to places and people that would never come to church, would never come to into our world. And just, I guess, the reminder from the book of Acts, and when I think about the Holy Spirit and His delight upon us, is that, and I've probably said it before, He's no more interested in gracing you. He's no more interested in, uh, uh, in anointing you than He is when you are being sent, when you are leaving this place, uh, powered by His presence, just like they were uh, in, in the book of Acts, going and Presenting Christ, being His hands and feet uh, in in uh, the world ar- around us, and you know, for me, for me, in this in this role within sports chaplaincy, we are seeing an incredible not just an open door, but a, an opening door, and and that it is just multiplying and growing. And again, as as sometimes we can be led to believe the church this rhetoric that the world is against us or that they're that they're, they're uh, anti the church, they don't want to have our influence. It's not true. It's not true. That the, the, uh, and certainly in, the, in our field, we're having uh, sporting clubs and teams, and going, please come on in. We want you to speak into our, into our world, into, into our, our life. Um, I'll share a testimony in just a moment, but it's just this, this thought that, you know, um, we know the Scriptures promise us that well, God... God's will at least that none should perish, that all would come to know Him. And so we know then that uh, every person is on the radar of Jesus. He's thinking about every single person. I don't know how He does it, right? But, but we also know that not everyone has Jesus on their radar. So there's a gap, right? And, and so if it's God's promise that none should perish, then how are the ones who Jesus is not on their radar ever going to know about um, it's the doors of faith that each one of us will open, and we have to, we have to go. We have to be sent. We have to, we have to embody what what Acts discussed around the Holy Spirit coming upon these ones, and they and they were being, uh, they were being sent out. You know, it's been amazing. When we left here, I think it was like a week later, I I began this new role looking after chaplaincy, sports chaplaincy in the Wellington region, and at that point in time, there were two chaplains that existed. In, 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 uh, in that area. One was me uh, with the Nelson Giants, which I was still doing when I was in Wellington. And then the second person was, was the guy at the uh, Wellington Phoenix. Go the Phoenix! Uh, it's a football, a professional football club. And as I just began to sow and realize, man, I'm, I'm being, I'm, I've been called to open doors of faith. Now I know in the passage of Scripture talks about the Gentiles, and, and we're all Gentiles, but being grafted into this family of God. And so we could we could loosely say that it's, it's the irreligious, the ones who are not aware of him. And just carrying that uh, alongside in, in a, a little over 11 or 12 months, we've gr- grown from two chaplains to probably by the end of the year about 18 uh, serving where the doors have been opened to different clubs right down from grassroots to professional high-performance stuff. Now, 
you know, why is, why is, you know, is the sport a big deal? And, and just let me remind you, this is just a vehicle, right? It's, it's, you're doing your own thing as well. But you've got to know that in, in sport, it's the largest gathering of community in our nation. It is the number one religion in, uh, in Aotearoa is sport, uh, maybe rugby, but, but uh, it's the largest gathering of community. And the church has a door of faith, an opportunity to, to get into those spaces and places and serve and love and present Christ in a way that the world is desperately, uh, desperately wanting to, to hear. Um, I'll just quickly share this, and then I'm going to challenge you guys. And uh, that some of you will remember, because he came to this church, Cliff Thompson, as uh, a young Māori man, an incredible man. He, was, he is the pastor of a Baptist church in South Auckland called the Render Gathering. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and we're together because he's also a chaplain. He's chaplain to the Franklin Bulls, who play in the NBL alongside some of these other teams. And he's also a chaplain to a, a small rugby league club called the Warriors. Um, you may have heard of them. Um, but uh, what happened is Cliff's Church um, heard the vision from uh, my boss around what it meant to, to have an open door into the community. And he said, oh, we, our church is going to adopt this. And long story short, his church made sports chaplaincy their local mission initiative and had about 15 to 20 chaplains serving in South Auckland. They loved their rugby league. And, and so one day Cliff had a call, so maybe a couple of years later, and the uh, CEO of New Zealand Rugby League asked him to come in. He thought one of his chaplains had done something wrong. He was a little nervous. He, the, uh, the boss began to share with Cliff how he loved what they had been doing uh, with well-being in some of the communities and, and shared with him a vision that the NZRL had to roll out this, this massive plan um, for caring for these ones and a lot of Māori Pacific Island people in, in the poorer communities uh, and including any player playing rugby league in Australia that was a Kiwi. And after going through this for a while, Cliff's wondering why uh, he's telling him this he said, we want you to do it. And he effectively was headhunting him. And Cliff became the head of well, national head of well-being um, for New Zealand Rugby League. And has then begun to open doors. So he wrote uh, the policies, the kaupapa, if you will, the vision for this. And it includes a chaplain in every single rugby league club in New Zealand. Um, and now it would just open doors and doors and doors and doors. Um, you, just, you just wouldn't believe. And, and so I, I'm... I'm so encouraged as I do what I do, hearing in some ways experiencing the answer of the prayers of the church that you guys don't always see. And we pray in here, we don't always realize what is actually happening. There, there, there are pockets of God moving in power in irreligious places where you would least expect it. I've had the privilege of praying for 150 Māori kids uh, playing rugby league as I presented um, well-being to them, wondering, what on earth am I doing here? <laughs> how have I, how am I stepped into this door? But, but, but God is gracious and kind, and He loves these ones who are, who, who may not ever walk into these doors, through these doors. But, but could we open doors for them in, in other spaces and places? And, and essentially, that, that really, as we just wrap this up, is my challenge to you. It may not be, it may not be sports chaplaincy, but if it is, uh, come and talk to me. But. But the question is, and I believe you know we've been sharing this: is what door, what doors of faith has he grace? Is he gracing you right now today? What what doors of faith is he calling you to open? 
um, what doors is, is, is the Holy Spirit cracked open or unlocked that we now need to push on? Could, could I get us to stand uh, just as we, we do close? I promise this is now closing. And uh, we would love to pray for you. Um, if, there, if there is anyone here who's really feeling, God, you've, there is a door that you have opened up, that you, you are opening up, or doors that you're feeling, maybe it's just, this is the door of faith that he wants me to step into. We would love to add our faith to yours and just, just pray and, and, and uh, pray for you. But I just want to pray general, generally for every person uh, here uh, this morning. So, Jesus, we thank you that, that you are the door. You are the gate, Lord, you're the gateway. We, we thank you that you, you've opened up the door to your kingdom. And it is vast and huge and wide and spacious. And it's full of freedom and opportunity. And God, we thank you for what you're doing in, in, in the world around us.